Hey, welcome to the Healthy Rhythms Podcast. We live in challenging and uncertain times. Where leaders need support and encouragement to help them learn to navigate the world we are in. The Healthy Rhythms Podcast is dedicated to collecting stories. Stories of hope from leaders across the world. And we hope these stories encourage you to incorporate healthy practices into your life. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Rhythms Podcast. I'm always searching for people who live interesting lives and people who really want to think about the future and where hope comes from. Where hope comes from, where it is at the moment and what it looks like in the future. On today's episode we've got my good friend Yukobi. Yukobi is an investor, farmer and creative. He shares the importance of leaving a positive legacy as we traverse our life journey. Growing up in Chicago and now a farmer in Michigan, Yukobi takes us on a journey of where hope came from in his childhood and how that hope shapes the type of person he strives to be. Enjoy. Yeah, I got a perfect I got a perfect face for audio. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good face for audio as well. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Rhythms podcast. It's great to have you with us this morning. I want to just introduce my my good friend Yukobi from Michigan. Uh, I've been a fan of Yukobi for the for a past while. I've heard him speaking a few times about money and finance and really financial tools and yeah, and how to empower people in this world, especially our next generations. Yukobi is a an investor. He's also a farmer and he's also a creative. Yukobi, how are you? I'm well, Mark. I, it's an honor really to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Cool. I really appreciate appreciate you getting out of bed so early. Oh no, I'm 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 an early person. I tell people all the time, I'm I'm up. I am up and yeah. moving at 5:30. Like I'm moving around at 5:30 a.m uh different different chores just different things and just i have to get my day going i have to get my day going and is your wife up early or does she oh very very she wakes up we both wake up in between 5 and 5 15 okay sometimes sometimes earlier no alarms no alarms yeah Uh, we don't sleep with our phones near our bed um but in between 5 5 15 body 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 clock wakes us up um, and we just get going, man. Just get going. Got a lot, a lot of chores to do. She got to tend to her plants, her garden, her her herbs, everything. I got to get, you know, uh, some equipment going, depending on who's coming to run it, different things. Clients, you know, uh, I got different clients in different parts of the world. Uh, I am a financial advisor for Northwestern Mutual. Hopefully, with the start of the first year, I'm looking to uh, open my own firm. Mm-hmm. And when I say start of the first year, first quarter, first quarter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, early bird gets the worm. So I I, I appreciate this part of the routine. I just, I'm happy that you invited me on. Brilliant. You know, what you say is so true. Like part of a healthy life and healthy rhythms is getting out of your bed, isn't it? 
scare you. Oh, bit, yeah. A bit early. Scare up. The hardest part, the hardest part is action. That's with anything, yeah. right? I, I yeah. tell people, you know, showing up is half the battle, right? Prep goes into showing up. You got to be prepared, right? But showing up is half the battle and the rest is just action or execution, you know? I think how much time do we waste just thinking what we should be doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think that, that gave me hope when I was growing up. So I grew up in an inner city and I tell people all the time, I was not exposed to different cultures, different people, not until high school, uh, Chicago from being from the West side of the Austin community in Chicago, Illinois, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's secluded, it's segregated. A lot of people don't realize Chicago is broken up into sections based on, uh, economic wise demographics uh can vary from color um social status just different things different neighborhoods and so when i was younger my mom my mom worked for prime america she was a financial advisor for prime america and and for years was involved in finances right but uh, at a certain at a certain point when she had us and I remember um, right around when I was like eight, she stopped doing financial advising and wanted to be more involved in the community. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing her leave a secure position to give back um, and be involved and create a better, not only community, but also home for us, that gave me hope because my mom, I remember she would have to juggle my older siblings yeah, and get them to school. And at the same time, my father was on drugs at this time and he was unstable, but she never left his side. But she would have to juggle these things. And then when we started getting at an age where we had to go to school, she started noticing the community more. She started noticing, okay, what are my kids doing? Like my older children are there. They may be in high school or, uh, uh, junior high and she started noticing who they were hanging with and she was like okay what are they doing what are my younger kids doing and then she totally changed her life and at, at one point I think she stopped working for like two years just to be involved in the community went to everything and I think that gave me hope because a lot of a lot of peers of mine and kids I was growing up with did not have active parents in their lives yeah. you know they were there physically they might have been right um, but they wasn't active, you know, um, that plays a huge role. And the fact that I grew up with both parents actually gave me hope because I would see kids that didn't have both parents. Yeah. You, that's, that, that just wasn't heard of. Right. And, um, that, that, that gave me hope very, very young to see my mom do all that. And then to see how my dad transformed his life. Um, and it wasn't, you know, a spiritual aspect played a part, but also I noticed it was um, it was just a will thing, a mental thing. And I, I pride myself on, on on doing that. I always say, you know, I'm a very optimistic person, very optimistic. You know, I try not to concentrate on the problems as much. I concentrate on the solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my father went from and he tell me to this day, the day I was the day I was born, he was in the hospital. He was in the same hospital as me. He couldn't even hold me. He could not hold me. He was he was unconscious. They thought he was uh, overdose, and so my mom and and he my mom shares some of this story too. Like you know, I put it all together. 
And she she said, you know, he he didn't hold you for like the first three days. And then when he held you, he just like stayed next to you. And from then on, my father stopped doing drugs, like cold turkey, like cold turkey. And wow. so he just stopped. He just stopped. Wow. He just stopped cold turkey. And he wasn't my father's a big dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the shortest one on my father's side of all the grandchildren. I'm the right. shortest. And I'm not short. I don't think I'm short. I'm six foot. Like exactly. Like oh, that's <laughs> you know, must be baby eyes. Huh? Man, my father's six five. Yes. And so he just he went cold turkey. And you know, just 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 seeing him work side jobs and he would take me with him. Like he would literally take me with him. Like if he's doing drywalling for somebody, he's taking me with him, and I'm I'm just sitting there. Like I went to a lot of side jobs. I, I knew how to uh, frame and drywall by the time I was twelve, mm -hmm. and coincidentally, right around ten, he started working for the city of Chicago. So those jobs slowed down, but that gave me hope. Like I seen that transformation. I seen my father be a strong black man, a strong leader, a strong head of house after doing drugs. And seeing my mom stick with him, that's just something you don't see, you don't see not only in, in the black community, but you don't see that in the world a lot. A lot yeah. of women just, you know, when men get in hard spots, yeah. it's it's like they, they just don't stick. And my mom, it could have been religion because she she was definitely deep involved in church and the community. And she 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 told me, you know, she said I was uh, a woman of God would not act like that. As I got older, I asked that question. And so that gave me hope to see that they were persevering, to see my father. He's willing to provide, like, by any means. Um, and just seeing that. And my mom set us up. She she was smart. She set us up very, very well at a young age with life insurance, yeah. uh, mutual funds. Like, she was smart. She yeah. she did it the right way. And I think when she walked away from her career to focus on community activist work, as well as her family, I think she had that already in mind. OK, they're at least going to be set to have a way to catapult them to the future. Yeah, I love that. You know, what you say is true. I have. I have, so, you know, if you check out any of my other a lot of my other podcasts, all people I chat with, they had very little hope in their childhood. You know, so it's actually really special that you have that hope. And it sounds as if you had some real core values started to be shaped when you were a young boy. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because you, as a child, you always wish you had things you didn't have, right? Yeah. Right, you always want more. It's that 80-20 it's that rule, that 20% you don't have just seems so much bigger than what it is, right? Not really concentrating on the 80 you do. And as you get older, you start appreciating those things. And so, um, you know, it, it was it was it was little things my, my parents would do. Um, my mom wouldn't let me. At a certain I mean, at a certain age, you just rebel. Right. But prior to the age of 12, we, we couldn't listen to secular music. Mm -hmm. No secular music um, prior to the age of 12. No video games. And you gotta understand most of my my kids, my, my the kids my age at that time, PS1. You know, in the tent, no video games. Uh, we play sports. Like when you came home, you did your homework immediately. It yeah. wasn't no, hey, I'm about to go outside. No. Yeah. As soon as you, school is over at two, you should be home by 215 
Yeah, your your mother didn't do a democracy, did she? No, <laughs> it was it was it was it never wasn't a like, democracy. <laughs> it was never like a give and take. And she was like, "No, you did your homework, and you would be done if you could do your homework. You should be done by four p.m. Right, and then you have the rest of the time to go outside, play with your friends." Or whatnot and so uh that that just that dynamic you know you don't appreciate that and then we sat down for dinner when she would cook yeah we sat down for dinner and i remember this vividly because my brother they they my brother was special <laughs> he was special so my mom she probably would hate that i'm telling this but it was one time he he wouldn't sit down and she literally strapped him to his seat and he had to be like if i'm like 10 he gotta be seven she mm -hmm. strapped him down you gotta sit still and eat your food we're we're gonna sit here and he cried and you know just that dynamic my mom she 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 knew the importance of family and showing us different and i think that that gave us hope because we didn't have the money i mean of course when my father started working for the city of chicago that drastically changed and that's when i started realizing okay, we have to be better with money because when people upgrade their lifestyle, they upgrade their spending too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, uh, my mom, she was definitely the hope of the family, but also seeing how hard my, my father worked. And that's where I am to this day. I'm not, I am not, a, I'm not scared of hard work. Yeah. If you tell me we have to do something, my goal is to do that to the best of my ability and get it done within an effective time it doesn't matter if it's, it's going to take if you tell me we have one task and we got to do it for a year straight day in day out okay we're doing it for a year straight there's no if ands or but we're, we're going to make this happen um i'm my father was just like that he working with his hands carpentry so that 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 provides some type of hope in, in young men especially when you have both of your parents now granted my mom and my dad we're me and my brother, we're the last two, and we're my, my dad's only two biological children. My mom had four other kids when she met my father. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if you talk to each different set, we were all raised differently. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll tell you, oh, mom was bad with money when she had us to this day. But yeah. but she still gave them a mutual fund. Yeah. Still, that's one of the biggest things I didn't understand and life insurance and only out of out of. OK, so two of my siblings died. So of the four living, mm -hmm. only one, one did something positive with his money and his policy when he was 18. Hmm. Only one. And I'm not talking about myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. I was, my mom gave us she gave us our policy she was like you're 18 this is yours i went and bought a car i'm not even kidding you mark what Cat. did you buy what did you buy what's her car? so i bought i bought a. uh it was it was a, it was 2000 uh, i graduated high school in 2009 i bought my car in two it was a 2005 and 07 a 2005 chevy impala oh nice yeah, I, I did that car didn't last two years. <laughs> Seems very sensible. Oh, what? And my mom was so mad. She was like, You cashed out the policy? 
I was like, yeah, you said it was mine. You bought a car? And I was like, yeah. Man, that car got impounded, all types of stuff. And so, <laughs> but that, you know, and, and, and it's funny because once I graduated and went to college, I dropped out and had to come back home. And my mom was like, so what did you do with your money? And I was just like, I don't know. And at that time, when I had to come back home, it humbled me. And I was just like, okay, I got to listen to everything she's telling me about money. And I started reaching out to my older brother. My yeah. older brother, he took his he took his life insurance, never cashed out his life insurance, but he took his mutual fund, cashed all that out, put a down payment on a house, FHA, stayed there for a couple years, saved up some more money, bought another house. And now he's in real estate and he's already paid off his second house. Oh. Nice. Yeah. He's yeah. uh we call him the goat when it comes. He's he's very frugal and mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say to say the least. He he knows the value of a dollar. He definitely knows the value of a dollar. He's the type of person when we were because he's uh, if if I'm 33, he's Otis is 46 this year in a couple of weeks. We we all have birthdays around the same time. So uh, I remember I asked him, I had to be like 18. I was like, hey, let me get $20. What do you need $20 for? I was like, because I want to do this. So what are you going to do with that when you have it? Like, you just, is that worth $20? Like, we're just question you. Like, why do you need and make you think like, you really don't want $20. You don't need it. You don't need it for that. That can wait. <laughs> like, literally. And so... Yeah, man, just just that that dynamic of uh, my mom and just the hard work of my dad that gave me hope, yeah. and I I really don't know where I would be without it. And just that 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 underlying thing of my mom being being a financial advisor, and of course, as you get older, you get better with money. And yeah. if you talk to my older siblings, she wasn't as as good, but she did set everyone up. But as she got older and then had me and my my brother. Uh, my youngest, um, she was, she had a clear mind of what she wanted to do. I think my mom had me, mom, my mom had me at 30, 33. Are you the baby then? No, I'm, I'm, I'm the second to the baby. Uh, brother's a baby. He, he's, yeah. he's third. He, he just turned 30. All right. A week, a week or two ago. Right. And then if, if you just fast forward to, if you think of life today, you know, what does hope look like for you today in your life? Um, Just being a better man, mm. better husband. I mean, you can hope for more financially. And I think I'm at a point in my life where I want freedom and peace more than anything. Mm. And who knows what that, 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 that looks like. But what gives me hope is just being a better man better husband, better man, better dad, you know, hoping to grow my family, hoping to be sufficient with my family. Um, so why, why are those things important to you? Because it's, it's, it's my legacy. It defines me. I define, you know, I'm, I don't look at me being defined by material things. I look at it as me being defined by impact. Who did I touch? Who did I influence? Not even just influence because you have ripple effects. Life, life creates ripple effects. You know, it's a butterfly effect. Um, it, it, it's important that I leave, you know, some type of legacy through people. And it doesn't have to just be family. It, and that's just mean being an example 
people do, and I tell this to clients, especially when they want to sell positions, people tend to do the best that they want to do, not the best that they absolutely can, right? Like you can absolutely change your life. You just only are given minimal effort. So what gives me, what, why is it important to, to impact people? Because this is my legacy. You don't, it, I don't, I'm not going to be judged by my, my materials things and trust I'm in a great position, but I'm going to be judged by the people I touch, the people that love, how often did I love? Um, and I'm not looking for a lot of return with that. It, it, it matters what my wife thinks. It matters what my fam, my mom, my brother's my kids, you know, my clothes, it matters what they think most importantly. Um, and just, just being a better man and leading my example. I want to, I want to be the example that I want to see in the world that I didn't see or, or wished I had seen. I want to be that. And I, and that's, that's, that's what gives me hope. And just to see, you know, yeah, it can get frustrating as a man. You, you have, we have these ideals that we fall victim to, right. As a man, and and then you have pride, right? Because you wanna you wanna be the man. Um, and my whole focus is, you know, you you your decisions. I tell people you have to view every decision as a permanent decision. Your decision can affect so many people that love you in so many different ways. And that's why I'm big on insurance because, and it's not just because of, uh, I'm a financial advisor. It's literally it's the easiest way to leave something. People argue um funerals destroy families money destroy family um and even if money wasn't an object because most people aren't able to leave something it's it's seeing that impact you had on these people that that's important and that's just what gives me hope i want to have a positive legacy a positive impact on the people i live behind that depended on me family friends loved one all all of that all of that that what gives me hope and just making this world a better place for them yeah, I love that. I think sometimes that, you know, there's immediacy in the world, you know, that things have to happen quickly and, and it robs us of so much of who we are financially, you know, emotionally, spiritually. Um, you know, and I, I talk about how, you know, when your dad held you as that three-day-old three baby, you know, he he was also probably held as a baby. So he was, as a young baby, he was held by by someone and then he holds you and then when you're 70 year old you're going to hold a baby so there's there's three generations you know um there's there's hundreds of years that you can say that you will touch the world so you you touch the world through your dad you touch the world through your life and you're going to touch the world through someone that you might hold when you're 70 years old there's 200 mm-hmm. years three generations that you can mm-hmm. influence the world um and yet we're told in this world that everything has to happen today or, you know, lose weight in two weeks, you know, make 2000% interest on in your stock market today. You know, yeah. um, here's six tips for a good marriage or being a good parent, but things, I love your, I love your concept of legacy. Legacy is important. Yeah. I tell people that's, that's what you left behind. Like my brother, my, my baby brother, um, He's a producer and he's he's done things where he's not like world renowned, but he has a lot of music credits and he lives off music. He makes good money. Mm-hmm. He's done placement for music artists. And 
one of the pride and joy for me because anytime he gives like some type of speech or whatever, he always thanks me. When I was 18, I was into music and I was heavily into music and I produced, um, did whatever with music, lasted a season. But one of the biggest things I always pride myself on, I taught my brother how to produce. That was what I taught him because like I was always hanging with my dad and when my dad went on, when he kind of relapsed as I got out of high school into drinking, me and my brother, I was basically raising my brother, right? I was his example of a man. Mm -hmm. And so I taught him how to produce music, like how to put beats and things together. And I didn't do anything with music, but to see him do that, that's a ripple effect. That's the legacy that because who knows who he is going to teach. And he says to this day, man, I thank you for making me sit with you and learn that stuff. I know. I know. Yeah. That's important. And then as, as you look towards the future, you know, what are you most hopeful about for the future? Both, you know, both for yourself, your family, for the world. Oh man, becoming a better, a better, better man, better leader. Yeah, that's really what I'm hopeful. But a better leader, you know, uh, it's 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 weird because I'm stepping into a phase where I'm like questioning everything I do. Not necessarily questioning, but making sure it's the right decision because every decision is a permanent decision. So. It's like, okay, how does this lined up? Want to work backwards. We would like to live like this in 10 years. So for the future, just being a better man and a better leader, because I got people dependent on me. And from what I was told, my brother, the producer, he's like, he's he's showing, I got rappers follow, following me. Like, and I'm thinking like, wow, this rapper is following me. And he's like, yeah, I'll be showing them your videos. He, he I show them when you kill the deer all this and that you're trading and i'm like oh man that's that's awesome i'm like that's cool so you know i guess he was he was like he was like real he what did he say in his words he was like he was like he was like bro you 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 are you're what he's saying he's like you you who we look up to you're our inspiration something like that i'm paraphrasing at that point but i was he said in the chicago way and i was like that's what's up <laughs> i was like that's what's up so uh yeah just just what gives me hope being a better husband man and and a better leader just just yeah. literally leading like example being the person i want to see in the world um i try not to be petty i just try to keep it moving uh yeah. what's for me is for me and what i can control i can control and i just do it to the best of my ability yeah i love that Does so, so does hope hope come natural to you then? No, no, no. But I mean, what are you gonna do? You gonna quit? <laughs> can't quit life. I mean, you can't quit life. I've seen I've seen the bottom of the bottom. I've seen literally, and what what's coincidentally, I had a spell in my life like when my father went back to drinking as I went to high school, I had a spell in my life where he wasn't necessarily involved. He was around, but he wasn't involved. And so I started hanging with more neighborhood kids, right? The people I grew up with. And I got involved in 
certain things, seeing certain things. I even got to this day this scar right here. Yeah. That's twelve staples in my head from when I got robbed and hit with a hit with a uh I got hit with a pole and a and gun and gun whip, pistol whip. So like yeah, I got involved in some things and just seeing those things and 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 realizing like people have different realities, right? Mm -hmm. People have different realities. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what's real to that you is not real to that person or they can't grasp it because it's just not their reality, right? And so as I got older, I tell people truth is nothing but a locked perspective. Truth is nothing but this perspective. Yeah. As you widen your perspective, your truth should change, Yeah. right? And I think that hope doesn't come natural hope coming from expansion of my truths my my perspective seeing different things yeah um i said earlier prior to me going to high school i never interacted with a white person never seen one yeah that was that was a real thing for me in chicago we didn't go past the west side of chicago you didn't go downtown yeah. you did not do those things and my mom made it a point to send me outside of my neighborhood she she purposely sent me outside of the neighborhood for high school. And I was so mad because I was leaving my friends that I went to grammar school with or elementary school and uh, purposely. And I remember I was like, wow, this is this is what being around white people feel like, like Asians, everything. And I remember my sophomore year I almost dropped out of high school because I just mentally couldn't deal with it. I was uh, we were taking driver's training and one of the kids I was cool with. He's actually in TJ's group. His name is Brian B. Um, you know, we're, he's driving, but he's driving his mom's BMW to school. And I'm thinking, like, I go home and I get upset with my parents. Like, why can't I get this car? You can't buy me this car. We can't afford that. But I'm going to this school. Like, these kids, they have iPods. I want an iPod. And start holding my mom, like, accountable but you, you start realizing those are perspectives in reality and so hope doesn't come from me just knowing there's better hope comes from seeing and saying like oh okay just because that person has it why can't i can i work for it i should be able to work for that right okay got it you know hope didn't come from you know my father working side jobs because he wanted to, he had to, and, and, you know, it was, it was his way of rehabilitation through his hands. You know, God says, you know, by the fruit of our labor, our hands. And so, yeah, he, he, that, that causes hope. You, you don't, you, you create hope by seeing and knowing there's knowing you can do better, knowing it's possible, right? You have to see it though. And that's why what, with my mom, I'm so big on her giving back because you have to, when you are coming from where we come from, the community has to see you. They have to see that. They yeah. have, that gives them hope because you were once like them, you know? And yeah, it comes with just seeing different things and, and expanding your truth and perspective. I mean, ask me 10 years ago when someone was to ask me about hunting. Oh, that's for rich white people. Yeah. Man, it's one of the best things to do. <laughs> you know, um, if someone was to ask me like a couple years ago, I got into finances because so after I sold my policy and cashed that out, whatever, whatever. And when I met my wife and started working, my wife gave me hope. Mm 
there we go. She gave me the most hope because she exposed me to a whole different lifestyle outside of the city of Chicago. I yeah. always thought the world was the west side of Chicago. And she yeah. she shattered all that with one one word. She said, oh, if we're going to get serious, just so you know, I'm not moving to Chicago. That's exactly <laughs> what she said. She said, it's no chance. Yeah. I said, okay, if I really like you, I guess I'm going to have to come up there more often and start, you know, seeing how you live. Um, So, yeah, I, ha I had to go back there. That, yeah, that gave me hope, my wife, for sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. And in, in, in this phase of my life, it's just certain things you, you have to see it, though. You have to see it. And then you can, you can mentally see it now and, and start to achieve it and, and, and set a goal. You, it, it's important. I know friends right now who's never been downtown Chicago. Grown men, never been downtown Chicago. They don't know what that's like. That's a different reality. That's yeah. a different reality. So, yeah. um, but to comment, I got into finances. I had someone, uh, once I met my wife and got serious with my wife, I wanted to get some insurance of different things. And I knew about it, had a good grasp on it. But it had been so long in between me having a policy and me trying to get one. I think it was about six year lapse. And so I just needed a refresher. So I went with someone at Northwestern Mutual. <laughs> and so um, young guy, and he was just starting his practice. Lack of a better word. Uh, he, I, I tend to think he took advantage of me not knowing or not having a proper education. And he wasn't, he, his job wasn't to educate me. His job was to sell me. Yeah. So I bought, man, I bought four policies. Yeah. Mm, no, which, which at, at, I think I did it at 25. It wasn't necessary to have so many, especially what, what, what I was making income wise. Right. And what my goals were and how, you know, he sold me on the dream. Um, but yeah, so uh, took advantage of me. And when I went to my mom and I told her about these policies, she was like, why would you do that? Why you have this? Why would you get a whole life? And uh, you have a term to your 80. Why would you get a whole life? Then you got a disability. How likely you're in, you're in shape. You've always been in shape. Why would you get disability? Da, 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 da. Like I got four policies. And at the time I was only grossing, grossing a little bit close to $2,100 a month grossing. I mean, net, I'm sorry, netting $2,100 a month net net. So about five, it was five. It was like five twenty six a week bring home. Cause mm -hmm. I was making $40,800 a week. Bring home was like five twenty six. So I was only grossing, uh, netting $2,200. My rent, we lived in a house, but we were renting the house was about seven, right? That left 1400. I was paying I was paying $900 more than my rent and insurance premiums hmm. at 25. Wow. So he took advantage of me. I, I dropped the policies. Thanks to my mom. Only kept one. Um, yeah. Did my own little research. Started looking into finances more talking with my mom. And I think the next year I decided like, Hey, I'm about to go into the financial field. Yeah. People need to hear this. Yeah. And not take advantage of people. So, yeah. I love, I love your, I could listen to you all day. I just have one more question because you, you have so much knowledge in the, in the field of finance. How are we going to disrupt poverty? 
how, how are we going to disrupt disrupt poverty across the world? Poverty across the world. <clears throat> you disrupt poverty. It's hard. It's 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 a two-edged sword. You disrupt poverty by not focusing, not focusing on what you don't have, and focusing on other. You, you just don't. You don't. You stay in your own world. You stay in your own lane. You have to disrupt poverty by focusing on what matters. Right? Mm -hmm. God made the sun. He made the moon. He made the earth. He made the stars. He made the land. He made the water. You have everything you need. Everything. Mm -hmm. Period. Period. And I and I, I say this because people who needs a big house. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's comfortable. Don't get me wrong. I want toys, yeah. but who needs these things? It's greed. It, 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 it's, 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 I want to look better than that person. And especially in today's society, it's all about the look, the perspective. Yeah. It's all about the perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that doesn't matter. How do we disrupt poverty? We we start getting back to our core values as human and care about each other. You have that interaction. You have that camaraderie. A lot of things got disrupted in the world due to corporations because corporations are, if you look at it, it's an entity. It's a person. They have the same rights as us. Yeah. So as corporations, when you have the same rights as humans, just the entity, you, you then be getting lobbyists who want to swing things their way, right? Because money controls. But if you if you if you strip those because some people what what's crazy people don't know how to navigate people don't know how to forge mm -hmm. can't like literally like i can go stand outside and tell you okay if the wind is if if the wind is going this way the wind is going southwest or even the sun and stars east west people don't know how to do that yeah. um people don't know how to fish mm -hmm. uh these are god-given and I'm not a, a religious person. These are these are God gifts. Yeah. You have everything you need. I think poverty is is due to greed. Is 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 the lack. Men's grass falls short of his no. Men's reach falls short of his grass, and so we're always trying to get here, get here, get here, and we're falling short. I mean, it's 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 a cycle. Like people create money. And then all of a sudden they contract the interest rates. You know they contract it. They they quantitative ease it. Why? It, it's 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 to take from this person. It's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. You're taking from this, and you're gonna suffer somewhere. And it's just it's just it's mind boggling because I always my wife she's the main person. We have everything we need, Harold. We have everything we need. Why do we need this? We don't need that. You need to be more resourceful. Yeah. She'll say things like that. People are not resourceful. Why do you need this? And, and I was like, she's right. She's absolutely right. Once you change your thinking and be more resourceful, you have everything you need in front of you. Yeah. Um, and I just think we get caught up in having more than the next person or how we look. Yeah. Like the other day, I had a conversation with a close friend when I went to Chicago and he was like, man, I like those shoes. And I said, bro, I've had these shoes three years. This is only the second time I've worn this. 
And he was like, man, those are nice. You could sell them on Sock X. And I said, you know what? I don't even want these shoes. Gave them to him. Gave them. He was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I, don't even, I was like, first, I live in an area where I'm not, I can't even wear shoes because I'm always, if I'm farming, I'm, I'm not, there's no sidewalks. We don't wear shoes like that, right? And I don't come to the city enough to dress up. And when I'm with clients, I'm in suits, sweaters, button-ups, blazers, mm-hmm. none of that. And I bought those shoes. These shoes I bought was $600. They're probably worth way more just based on how I wanted to look to people. I wanted to, you know, and it don't matter. I wish I had that money back. And it was just like, this don't even matter no more. I don't wear them. This is literally the second time I wore them. You think I'm nice? All right. I haven't seen you in a couple months. Here you go. I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for having conversations with me. And he was shocked. He was like, you for real? I was like, yeah. I was like, I got shoes in my mom's house. I was like, honestly, me and my wife, we came here. I got boots in the car just for my hunt stuff. I'll throw my boots on. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. It's like, and you don't reach that until you, you you have to reach a certain mental level and, and just know you have everything. Like, why? I was, t- <laughs> me and my wife, I was like, man, she was like, so what are we, you know, we, we, we got Christmas gifts and everything. But she was like, we haven't went shopping for each other. I said, I really don't need much. I said, you know, you can make us a good, a good Christmas dinner. That's, that's fine. You know, I'm 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 okay wearing. I mean, I have to wear suits and well, don't have to, but for my practice, I do. Um, but outside of work, I'm okay wearing the same jeans. I'm okay, you know, having the same. I, I buy white t-shirts and black t-shirts. I literally only buy white and black t-shirts. I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't buy a lot of you know. I used to, but I gave a lot of that stuff away last year. Um, I don't buy designer shirts. I mean, I wear a lot of sweaters and stuff, but I, I, yeah, white t-shirts, black t-shirt, Walmart, give me a whole pack. That's about it. And, and I, now I will buy a good button up for my blazers and things like that, but that's about it. You know, um, we have everything we need. I think poverty begets poverty when you want more than what you have, or what you need. Um, the, the earth is plentiful. The earth replenishes itself. The human body replenishes itself. You have what you need. I just think, you know, once you get caught up into more, then you cre- you create bad decisions and bad habits, which can lead to poverty. And I'm not I'm not saying like I, I, I fall victim. It was earlier this year. I had got myself and I'm 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 real conscious of my credit, real conscious of usage. I check my I check I check my accounts twice a week, Monday and Friday and every account I, I have. So I'm real conscious of that. And, and I, I'm not I don't want people to think I'm I'm immune to it because we're all human. Um, in March of this year, I had ran up my credit card bill to eighteen thousand dollars and I start hyperventilate because I have to pay this off every month. And this is the first time in three years I did not pay my credit card off in full. I carried a balance for, for a month and a half. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, oh, wow. And I had the money, but I didn't want to come spend that much in one one sum and then realizing like, oh, man, I got a little bit ahead of myself yeah. because I start taking more clients out, start doing just different stuff, yeah. splurging a little bit and not realizing like and I was like, oh, man, this is 18 grand. Hmm. Yeah. I know. You know, yeah. so I'm not immune to it. And there I, I had a I had a, a great month this year for work one of the best months I ever had in the month of June in my history of my job 
made so much money and I was so tempted to go buy a car. So tempted. Yeah. Did not. My wife said, we don't need it. We don't need it. Why? And you're going to, and it's, and it's a sports car. What she was like, it's going to snow here. You're going to lock it up and store it. I'm like, come on. Sports car in Michigan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you said, what you go drive it for three months and lock it up for another eight. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She was like, no, we could, we could use $30,000 somewhere else. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she's right. Yeah. It's, it's you have what you need. And I think poverty only happens from bad decisions and reaching and trying to get more than what you need and, and looking better. So in order to stop that, we got to get back down to our core values. Yeah. Core. And, and I, I hate to tie it back into, you know, I'm not a religious person, but if you tie it down to a spiritual level, God, what if God came to earth today, how would you impress him? Yeah. It won't be material things. Yeah. What did you do? Who did you love? Yeah. Who did you sow into? Yeah. And did you have a relationship with with the entity that you call God? That's all that matters. Yeah. And I think, and that's why I love being outdoors because I, man, when you hunt, it's, even when we garden to see like, uh, we have an avocado tree and we live in Michigan. We've kept this avocado tree alive for three years, for three winters. And to see it every spring come back to life, it's like, it's rewarding. Yeah. I, I be in the woods early. I get in the woods by like 6, 6.30. Sunrise is usually 8 a.m. Um, and to see the forest come alive, to see that mist of dust, of, of, of dawn, I'm sorry, it's just, it's beautiful. Like, so we have to get back in tune with core values, being one with the elements, one with the resources. We have the resources we need. And I think to combat poverty, we have to just stay focused on core values, who we are and not necessarily worry about what other people are doing. You know, you have to I always say, stay in your lane. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Love that. Yeah. You, you drop so many gems. It's so nice listening to you. And yeah, I hear you. And it's, it's, you know, it's spiritually and emotionally, it's a scarcity mindset. It's a scarcity. You know, when I coach folk, you know, um, there's I call the unholy trinity of um I'm not doing enough, I don't have enough, and I'm not enough, which is you know, shame, fear, and guilt. And all our advertising is always towards our shame, fear, and guilt. We don't have enough. You need some, you need to buy this now. All advertising yeah. is towards our emotions. You know, when McDonald's comes on and they put you in the mood for a burger, they never tell you what's in the burger. They don't mention <laughs> the ingredients, they just mention the emotion of how yeah when you get that burger that you need that burger um so I, I love your i love your perspective uh, and i really respect your your mission in life and and you've really helped me think three more things today thank you so much you could be um, no i appreciate you bart yeah thank you if anybody wanted to reach out to you to to learn more about you or learn more about your financial services where can they find you um they can I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, Harold, Harold and Kobe Johnson, or you can just at me as you Kobe everywhere. Um, right. If you're coming for me for my practice, I prefer LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I'm always available via social media at you, Kobe. Um, yeah. Everything is at you, Kobe, U-C-O-B-Y. Um, yeah, I'm a call a text away. I tell that to people. 90% of the time, I'm usually by my phone. If I don't answer, I'll get right back with you. 
Yeah, brilliant. Hey, listen, have a beautiful day. Thank you, you so too. much. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Hope you have a green day. Cheers.